This is Anchor Points with Robert Quintana. God wants us to be happy. Every week, helping you discover the answers to some of life's biggest questions. There is a purpose for our lives. And applying them to help you grow closer in your walk with God. Messages straight from the pulpit of Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. What's going to drive you to your knees? Is it going to be fear or is it going to be love? Feel free to discover more like this at AriseForGod.com. The great violinist Niccolo Paganini willed his marvelous violin to Genoa, the city of his birth, but only on condition that the instrument never be played upon. It was an unfortunate condition. You see, it's a peculiarity of wood that, as long as it's used and handled, it shows little wear. But as soon as it's discarded, it begins to decay. The exquisite, mellotone violin has become worn-eaten in its beautiful case, valueless, except as a relic. The moldering instrument is a reminder that a life withdrawn from all service to others loses its meaning. Knowing that as we serve and knowing as we put ourselves in a position to see God work in miraculous ways, our trust in Him will be strengthened. That's Robert Quintana, and today he challenges you to look for ways to serve others because serving helps to build your trust in God as he continues with part two in his series, In God We Trust. We're talking about trust, the importance of trust or the lack of trust. If you notice, trust sometimes is used as a commodity. It's oftentimes referred or referenced in that way. Maybe you've heard someone say, you need to earn my trust. Or maybe you've heard someone say, you need to work for my trust. Maybe you've used those words yourself in reference to trust. Trust is a very important thing in our society. And it seems like that if trust were a stock, it is the value of it is flying through the roof. Because the more or I should say the less and less you see of it, the more valuable it becomes when you find it. And so when you look around our culture, you see how we're living in a world where there is less and less trust. We have less trust in our politicians, in our preachers, in the printed uh, paper, in our periodicals. We have less trust in people and when you look around, you, you start to think, man, trust is valuable. Maybe this is why Jesus said in Proverbs to not to trust in any of those things. Our scripture reading today says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own resources. Do not lean on what you think is right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. In 50% of your ways? Most of the time? No, in all of your ways. And he will direct your paths. So we're reminded time and time again in Scripture to trust in God. There is nothing else worth trusting in. 
Now, obviously, we communicate and we interact with people. And so you, you're saying, well, Pastor Q, are you saying that I'm never to trust in anyone ever again? Well, no, but think about this. Only trust in individuals who have the characteristics or have the principles of Christ. You, you don't want to put your trust in someone who doesn't have the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And so as you interact with people throughout your day, put your trust, yes, maybe in individuals where you see the spirit of Christ working. Otherwise, stay clear or else you might be in some trouble. But the point that I'm trying to make here today with this series is that we need to put our trust in God. More than anything else, we need to put our trust in him. But even that becomes difficult for us sometimes, doesn't it? You know, we go through difficult times in life and it's easy for us to lose our trust in him. We can't see him, we can't touch him, we can't smell him. And so it's easy for us to, to get this disconnected and lose our trust in him and our trust in him weakens. What this series is designed to do is to help us understand how we can gain our trust or strengthen our trust in him. And so last time we were together, we looked at the life of Daniel, a man who trusted in God no matter what. Through the hard times, through the good times, it did not matter. Daniel trusted in God. But when we looked at his life and we investigated a little deeper, we realized that Daniel spent a lot of time in prayer. Three times a day, he would spend time. He was intentional about spending time in prayer with God. And I suggest to you that that's one way you can strengthen your trust in God. Have you noticed that whenever in a relationship, whenever in a marriage, the communication goes down, so does the trust level go down? In other words, we need to keep those lines of communication open with God because as we commune with him, we understand him and we are more willing to put our trust in him. Today, I'm going to share with you yet another way that we get to strengthen our trust in him. It's another one of those things that like prayer, we kind of put on the back burner. We kind of put on the shelf and it's been collecting dust for way too long. And I'm hoping today, as, you, as your eyes are open to this reality, that you say, you know what? I have put that on the shelf for way too long. It's time for me to take it off that shelf, dust it off and start using it. And so another way that we can strengthen our trust in God is to, are you ready for this? Serve. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Some will say Acts of the Apostles. Others would say, no, no, not really. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. But I'd like for you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read a, a little story here of how we see the disciples of Christ serving others. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Now for those of you that might not know, the ninth hour would be three o'clock in the afternoon. 
The Jewish day started at six o'clock in the morning. So whenever you hear the Bible say, you know, the third hour, that would be nine o'clock. If you hear the Bible say or read somewhere in the Bible where it says the sixth hour, that would be 12 o'clock noon. Here at three o'clock in the afternoon, it says that Peter and John went together to the temple. Verse two, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So now put yourself in this man's shoes for a second, in his situation. Here he was born lame, can't walk. And this was his routine every day. Someone, we don't know if it was a a friend or a family. We don't know, you know, if it was a stranger. Someone would carry him to the entrance of the temple, the gate that's called beautiful, and lay him there, maybe on a little blanket or a towel or a carpet of some sort, and he would spend the day begging for money. Where it says there, ask for, some of your translations may say beg. So he would beg for money all day. Obviously, without being able to walk, he couldn't work. And without working, he wasn't able to make a living. And so this is what he would do all day, is just beg for money. Can you imagine living that life? Back then, if you had some kind of deficiency of this sort, you were in trouble. There really wasn't a way for you to make money and get around and communicate. You were some, somewhat ostracized from the community. Well, you must have sinned or your parents really must have sinned. You remember that whole theology with the, with the blind man? You know, God has cursed you somehow. So just imagine what this man has endured for so many years. And here he is now laying there by the beautiful gate. And it says in verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So there he's arms stretched out, asking for financial resources or anything. Something, I need something to survive. Verse four says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So apparently the man must have been looking down as he was asking for money. Maybe shame, maybe just, uh, just has lost all hope. And it says here in verse five, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse six, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, can you imagine hearing those words for the first time in your life? Rise up and walk. Now, before we move on, you need to pay close attention to this and not miss it. Did you notice what Peter said? Silver and gold, I have not, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So many of us use that excuse, don't we? In order not to serve. Well, God, I don't have. 
You, I, I just don't have the, the speaking abilities. I don't have any musical talent. You know, God, if, if only you would bless my bank account with more money, then I would be able to do more good for you. You know, God, I just don't have the, the right vehicle. God, I just don't have a big enough house. We go on and on and on with excuses as to why we can't serve. And here, Peter says, look, I don't have all of those things. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. So maybe you need to take inventory of your life, of your household and say, okay, we might not have much, but what do we have? What can we give? How can we serve? It goes on to say here in, in, uh, well, let's read uh, verse six again. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Can you imagine how exciting, what an awesome moment that would have been. We continue reading in verse 8, it says, So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Well, wait a second. (laughs) We, We don't do the leaping and the praising in here. Can't hold back. He was just so excited about what God had just done in his life. He could not hold back the praise. And it says here in verse 9, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. He was so excited. And everyone else there was blessed as they saw what had happened. Now let me ask you a question. A very simple question. Do you think that this experience strengthened or weakened Peter's trust in God? Do you think that, that Peter said this to the man, served the man, gave him what he had at his disposal and saw God work in a miraculous way? Do you think that Peter walked away thinking, man, I need to rethink this God that I serve. You know, I I just, you know, I don't know that I can trust him with my life. I don't think that I can trust him with my talents. I just don't know that I can trust him anymore. Do you think that was the attitude? Or do you think that Peter saw what happened, the miraculous miracle, and he himself was strengthened When he saw that, he said, praise God. Of course I can trust in God with everything that I have. And what we need to understand here today is that when we serve in the name of Christ, we're putting ourselves in a position, we're putting ourselves in a place where we will see God work mightily. We will see him do things that we thought could never happen. And when we observe those things, we are then strengthened. Our trust in him is strengthened. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Pastor Q, are you really telling us that we need to go out into the community and start healing the sick and and bringing sight to the blind and making those um, lame walk? Well, yes, I am. 
You know, because Jesus Christ said before when he was here on earth, he said to his disciples, you know, greater things than these you will be able to do. I send you the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be able to do greater things than I. So yes, I am saying we need to be doing that. But I get it. I understand our trust in God isn't there yet. And we need to build our trust, don't we? So here's a great place to start. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Here's a great place to start. Maybe we're not there where we're going to be asking people to stand up and walk. Maybe our trust isn't quite there yet. But here's a way that we can strengthen that trust in him and and maybe eventually get to that point. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 9, and it says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Okay, so don't grow tired, don't grow weary, don't get discouraged in serving, in doing good. You know, sometimes we get discouraged when we don't see immediate results. We might decide to serve someone in our neighborhood and, and you know, they, they don't respond maybe the way that we thought that they should or, or maybe, you know, we've been reaching out to them for years now and there, there seems to be no interest in, in, you know, coming to church or giving their lives to Jesus and, and you might get discouraged and you might be tempted to say, you know what, forget it. No more serving. You know, I, I'm just going to walk away. I'm discouraged. I'm not seeing any, I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor. Paul encourages the church here in in Galatia. He says, do not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, you will see the fruit of your labor someday. It might not be tomorrow, it might not be a year from now, but you will see the fruit of your labor someday. I mean, come on, how beautiful the sound will be when Jesus says to you, well done, good and faithful, what? Servant. We need to serve. We need to serve our community. We need to serve one another. Let's continue reading verse 10. It's a powerful verse. Therefore, as we have opportunity, whenever you have an opportunity, whenever you're given a chance, it says, do good. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Now listen to this, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Wow. You know, sometimes we get so focused on trying to reach out that we forget to reach out to the people that are here. And here Paul says, look, whenever you have opportunity to serve, do it. Take advantage of it. Whenever you have an opportunity, serve, especially to those who are of the same household of faith. You know, you've heard me use this parable before in reference to to church membership, the the parable of the talents. You know, and I I pose this question, if we're not taking care of the members that we have, what reason does God have to bring more members? 
And so we have to be very conscious of, yes, we have a responsibility to reach out, to serve the community, but we also have a responsibility to serve the people here within this household of faith. And so we're encouraged to do good, to serve Knowing that as we serve and knowing as we put ourselves in a position to see God work in miraculous ways, our trust in him will be strengthened. So as you leave here today, you need to start thinking, how can I serve? How can I put my life in a position where I can see God working? You see, so often as Christians, we've put service on the shelf. And we let someone else do it. For anyone that's ever been involved in church leadership, maybe you've heard, you've heard this saying, 20% is doing 80% of the work. Have you heard that before? Well, well let's, let's start turning the tide on that. I, I don't want to be able to say, you know, oh yeah, 20% of our church members are doing 80% of the work. I don't want to say that. I want to be able to say, you know what, 100% of our church membership is doing 100% of the work. How about that be our goal? Don't wait on the church. I'm telling you, don't wait on the church. Get out. There are so many opportunities out there. You need to ask yourself, okay, I have an hour a day. Where where am I going to put that hour a day? Maybe it's only an hour a week. You know what? I'm going to serve at the the homeless shelter an hour a week. I'm going to start there. You know what? I'm going to be a big brother or big sister to someone. I'm going to dedicate an hour a week a week to serving God. You see, my friends, when we serve, it strengthens our trust in him. You need to understand that trust is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And we need to be exercising our trust in him on a daily basis. But we never put ourselves in that position And so as a result, our trust in him diminishes. But when we exercise our trust, when we strengthen our trust, when when we put that muscle to work, what happens? That muscle is strengthened, it gets bigger. The same is true of trust. When you serve, it is like exercising your trust in God. And what happens? Your trust strengthens. You know that by so doing, Not only do you strengthen your trust in God, but you also strengthen the trust that other people have in God. I want to share with you a letter, a note, a card that I got um, a few weeks ago from a wonderful family. They sent me their picture here. And uh, this was a couple of months ago when uh, we were coming back on, uh, from vacation, and we stopped at Acadia National Park. We had gone up to one of the mountains and, you know, kind of bumped this family up on the mountain. They were trying to hitch a ride back down the mountain. They had hiked up, and they realized, man, the car is far away from here, you know, and we have a baby. I don't know if you can see the beautiful little child on the, on the backpack there. But, um, you know, I offered I said, hey, I said, I don't mind taking you guys down if, if that's okay. 
Unfortunately, our car is jam-packed with stuff, so I can only take one of you at a time, or, or maybe I can take the dad, you know, down, and you can grab the car and come back. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He says, it's fine. He says, go, go do your thing. I, I'm sure someone that's going down will pick us up. Okay, no worries. So Heather and I, we went, we took pictures. Some 30 minutes later, we're coming back to the car, and this family is still trying to hitch a ride back down. And I said, guys, I, I'm serious. No worries. If you guys want, I will, I will serve. I will take you guys down. Well, this is the, the note that he sent to me. It says, dear Rob, thank you so, so much for your kindness and generosity last month in Acadia. While initially we were discouraged by people's lack of help and autism, your kind act saved the day and helped us to see the day in a positive light. We are very grateful and wish you, your wife, and your church community many blessings in Christ. My friends, we need to break out of the shell. We need to get out. We need to serve. When we serve, not only does it strengthen our trust in God, but it also helps to strengthen the trust that other people have in God. Now, next time we're together, we're going to continue this series and we're going to look at yet another way that we can strengthen our trust in Him. But I want you guys to remember, so far, prayer, service. We need to incorporate these things into our lives if we stand a chance of trusting God through the very difficult times that are ahead of us. You've been listening to Anchor Points with Robert Quintana and part two of In God We Trust. If you would like to hear or share this message and find others like it, you can subscribe to our podcast at ariseforgod.com or by searching Anchor Points on iTunes. You can also follow Anchor Points on Facebook. Now, here's what you'll hear next week. We need to understand what it is that he has done, what it is that he is offering us, and we need to understand the plan of salvation. Next week, Robert Quintana shares one more way that will help strengthen your trust in God as he wraps up with the third and last part in the series, In God We Trust. We appreciate you listening. This program is produced by Word of Mouth Productions in cooperation with Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. And remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose.